Hello and welcome to Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast for everything RPG related. I am your host, Matthew, and as always, I have my two friends in little black boxes. Ryan? I told you not to talk about my little black box. Keep it secret, keep it safe, as they say. And Scott? I keep many things in my black box. Little black box. Many, uh, many terrible things. Uh, I can only think of the, uh, not, not Hellraiser, I can only think of the meme where the dude's pushing the button. Dude, uh, yeah. stop. Dude, stop. <laughs> yes. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. We are in Zoom land where everything's very zoomy. Zoomy, uh, zoom, zoom, zoom. Forever. But there is good news. Uh, an Oxford study has been doing a vaccine study, and uh, things are looking promising. Believe it when I see it. Believe yeah, it. I agree, too, but... It was it was a it was a very small sample size, and while the results for that sample size were promising, then the next stage of the testing is going to be what actually determines it. Yep, but you know what? I'll take a sprinkle of positivity. A sprinkle. You're a fool. But regardless of the Rona times, <laughs> you fool. Uh, but besides the Rona times, how has everyone's gaming been? Oh, lovely. Been playing a lot of Dark Souls, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's that's not tabletop gaming, but it's what I've been spending most of my time on. It is RPG ish, ish, isk, isk. I can play pretend in my head. It's okay. Yeah, you, you get in the character, right? You're like, I'm this guy. I'm making, I guess, some sort of decision. There is there are there are multiple endings you can mm-hmm. choose. Mm-hmm. Usually it's a binary choice, but you get four choices at, in in three. Ooh, four choices or more than three. That is, in fact, one one or two more. And uh, Scott, what about your gaming? How's it been? Uh, my gaming's been good. You know, uh, running D and D. Vampires on hiatus, but we've got that other vampire game up mm-hmm. and coming. Mm-hmm. Um. I am currently making a character and talking with folks uh, about a, um, a stream game of Vampire that I might be in. Ooh. So uh, more details on that when it becomes a reality. Uh, all right. No problem. We will definitely pimp you out here, sir. Uh, anything else? Uh, D&D is great. Uh, running it and playing it. Uh, it was fun. We fought a dragon. We, we did. did. Fought a shadow dragon. And mummies. Good. <laughs> oh, fuck those mummies. <laughs> Sorry, I had a we little... We did fuck those mummies. We did fine. Yeah, you did fine. I just love that I, what happened to Andrew. Uh, he just had the worst luck. He was like, yeah, I'm an AC-35 fight dude, and I am now paralyzed, critted, and rotted by one one mummy. And I was like, yep, this is what happened, son. <laughs> I enjoyed myself. It's the little things. But my gaming has gone well, as you, as I've already explained. I'm having a good time running. Uh, Avertus is turning out to be my own little bag now. Like, at the beginning, I was running very much out of the book as the book, but definitely towards the later half of this game, it really has to become your own thing, because if it doesn't, it becomes extremely linear and kind of, uh, I guess, a little boring. A little, yeah. Well, it's a little, it's a little railroady. Because it it just says do this thing, go do here, do this thing. Like, and I wanted a little. Well, more I mean, choice. like like anything, it's a toolbox. So. Yes. Yeah, that's actually. I wish some adventures were written more like that, but I guess if you're trying to have a published adventure, the whole point is to just here, just do this thing, and you'll have an you'll have one adventure. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I've been running, I've been running uh, Acquisitions Incorporated, and it's you know it it is what it is. It is an adventure. Uh, it's probably a little bit more uh, bounded than Avernus. Yes. Uh, it's got like this, like very six discrete chapters, but there's a lot of freedom involved. Uh, like this next chapter has a lot of stuff that uh, a lot a lot of room for customization and doing stuff as well, but. I yeah I I keep reading ahead just to be be prepared for what's going to happen yeah and it keeps getting fucking crazier <laughs> like I, I'm not going to spoil anything obviously because you play but like this last one yeah, it was a fun like fun weird portal hopping pirate adventure yeah uh, and this next chapter just like takes takes that sort of level of zaniness and and kicks it up a notch 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would expect anything less with Ack Inc. And come on. Yeah. No, so it's fun. Uh, it's really cool. Uh, uh, the broadcasts have been going well. Um, so I'm looking forward to all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, yeah just, just I'm finding it's very intriguing because I'm having to design my own counters and sort of start extrapolating what you guys are doing versus what the, the adventure is telling me. This is where you, what you need to get done. Mm-hmm. Um, the I think Chapter 5 will be the... It will be all be you guys. Like there is a suggestion of how to end the game, but it's but by that point, I know you guys are going to make decisions that are like, all right, guys, what are you going to do? Because whatever, it's cool. Plus, higher level characters have more access to more resources and broader resources. Therefore, they have more options, et cetera, and so forth and so on. Other gaming, I finished Vampire. I'll probably talk about that a little bit in Patreon content when I finished. Uh, And I will be going to go to Shishima soon. Um, not right away, but very soon I will be playing a samurai game. Um, and uh, that's me. That's about it for me for gaming. Let's head on to some more news. Oh, man. The news. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I, we're talking I, about gaming news. We're gaming. talking yeah. about gaming yeah, news. Good. Yeah, not, not general news. Oh, good. Um, I'm just going to go through here. Uh, um, oh, yeah, that's right. A lot of the older D&D books on DriveThruRPG now have disclaimers about their sort of cultural uh, insensitivities and touchstones and just the general, like, these were written much earlier in our time, and this, you should take these with a grain of salt. Yeah, I've read, and I've read, I read it. I read the disclaimer, and it, you know, it doesn't, they don't do the, it was a different time defense. It was, it was wrong then, it's wrong now. Yeah, but we're trying to do better. Yeah, which honestly, what else are you gonna do? I mean, yeah, what else I'm, can you do? Yeah, I'm sure there's some nuggets of interesting, like, info in there or some ideas in there, but obviously it's got issues, problems. Another uh, news: you can now there's a uh, a setting book called Beneath the Monolith. It's for the Numenera setting. That's Monk Cooks, and it's now for Five E. So if you Ooh. or ever wanted to basically play in Numenera but use the Five E core system rather than Monocook's core Numenera system, you can't. So interesting. Go out and look at that. Yeah, but, oh, interest, uh, interesting. Right. Guy who uh, has created Misspent Youth is uh, hanging it up. Yep. Oh, yep. Really? I, I didn't read all of that article, but yes, he is walking away from the uh, RPG industry. I'll have to take a look at that because that's interesting. Yep. Something that I, I've been... I, I haven't paid attention much to it just because I've been uh, like, you know, sad and, and whiling my, my depression away because of it. But apparently um, uh, for Bloodlines 2, they've uh, released a little bit of information in the forms of like their like pre-order packs mm-hmm. uh, that apparently there is going to be story DLC. Mm-hmm. Uh, like in terms of like mini, mini DLCs, like they're, they're doing the thing that, that everyone does. They're doing a season pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, know, you, you get a year's worth of content, which I've already pre-ordered it. So I, I guess I'll just have to buy that separately because I'm not going to fucking buy another pre-order for it to get this. Mm-hmm. But they're calling this the first season pass, the season of the wolf. And the little blurb that they did about the expansion, which they've got the mini, the story DLC and the expansion DLC. The expansion says that, you know, the kindred's greatest enemy comes to LA. So... I'm thinking that expansion is going to be fucking dealing with werewolves. Yep, wouldn't doubt it. Which hopefully that'll sync up with at least more information about Werewolf Fifth Edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would, like, if they're smart, they will, the werewolf shit that they introduce in Bloodlines Two will be like heavy with fucking Werewolf Five Five lore. Yeah, I think they should that that should be almost done in the hopper. That should almost be done by the amount of time they probably have had they've worked on it from from i don't know they they haven't said anything like there hasn't been anything like alpha slices or anything like that they haven't said fucking thing one about mm-hmm. anything so i uh, think it might be it might be a little bit more time we'll see we talked about that the other day off mic about uh werewolf and Mm-hmm. How you what you need to change for the modern. I don't know that 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 preview art that Ian posted looked pretty good. <laughs> I will try to find it and put it in the show notes, everyone. It's an amazing little stick figure art of a werewolf. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <woo>. uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
but yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing more about that. And I, if they're smart, they will sync that up because like, I, I think they should, if they can, if, if bloodlines comes out around the end of the year, which is probably when it's going to come out then. And they say that like all the DLC for this season is going to be done by the end of next year. That I think that syncs up. I think that's a reasonable expectation for Werewolf is sometime, sometime at later half of next year. Yeah, I would say no. I would say no later than the summer of 2021. No, no later than that. Um, uh, just because I think they're just ramping up, especially with the video games coming out and all that. That is true. Uh, I think- uh, Swan Song looks interesting. The Vampire Swan Song game. Tell me about that because I haven't really been paying attention to yeah, that. Yeah, me either. Okay, so Vampire Swan Song is by uh, who the fuck makes that? I don't know. I don't remember the name, but they they made a game called The Council, which is kind of a narrative RPG. Kind of, it's it's mostly like a point and click adventure game, but there's progression elements to it, and you can you can uh, grow your character capabilities so that it's all you know adventure point and click talking to people, figuring stuff out, sort of investigatory style mechanics. Um, But your approach changes depending on the decisions that you make, both in the course of gameplay and how you spend your your character points. Uh, It's by Uh, Big Bad Wolf, by the way. Big Bad Wolf, yeah. And apparently this is going to be all about uh, Boston, which is the the, the setting is Boston. Uh, and it's all about like a new ambitious prince who is like has this new plan to ensure a constant blood supply while maintaining the masquerade. And you play three different characters uh, as uh, as the game progresses. So it's gonna be it's gonna be you're gonna be hopping around people and seeing different sides of the story. And I am super intrigued about it. The trailer looks good. I don't know how how. Um, indicative that the trailer's graphics is of gameplay because I think it was just a cinematic trailer, but the trailer looks sexy as fuck. Um, Very much that sort of John Wick aesthetic that V5 has been going for. Yep. Like that. If like, if you want to see like Swan Song more than Bloodlines looks like the John Wick V5 vibe. It feels like um, the, some of the artwork and art style is like alt culture, not, not counterculture, but like, the culture underneath the main modern culture, mm-hmm. like its own secret society type stuff. Yeah. Um, which is, I mean, that's kind of what, what V5 has been pushing. Like it's, right. it's, it's gone away from the sort of Gothic punk um, overall aesthetic. Um, but yeah, I like, I like the way Swanson looks. I like the way it looks. It looks cool as shit. And I'm looking forward to it because I enjoyed, I need to finish playing the council but I enjoyed what I played. Is the council that one where you're a cult in the middle of nowhere? Yeah, you're like you're an investigator, and there's a cult on an island. Like it, it's you. Oh, it's, okay. Never mind. Different thing. I was thinking. Sorry, sorry. Similar idea, but different game. No. Um. Uh. So on, on some other news, we'll go through a few more things. Uh. There's something really cool that came up as kids on brooms, which is basically kids uh, on yeah. bikes, but it's for wizards. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. I like that idea. Uh, oh, uh, the Dune, there is a closed alpha test of ah, the Dune yeah. role-playing game. If you are interested, you can go sign up and get their stuff. However, it's behind an NDA. So uh, you will need to be very careful about reading that thing and making sure you you try to stick to it because you have to give not only your email address, but the email address of all your players. Yeah, it's 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 with the expectation that you're going to play run it and and play test it and give them give them feedback on it which i don't have fucking time like i love dune and i really want to get my hands on it but i don't have time for that shit um and 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 i appreciate them trying to do that but that that feels like a little bit of overt amount of security in the modern sort of the modern idea of how role playing games yeah i mean d and d did that D and D did basically an open beta. Mm-hmm. They did, like they, but, and that worked out pretty well for them. And I think Dune will probably do the same thing. I think they yeah, will probably they, do an open beta, but they probably will. I, I can't, I just, oh, when you do an alpha test though, you, I think it's better to just, you know, keep it tight. And then after like 
couple months they'll probably have an open beta it's actually with my more modern sensibilities uh i understand why companies go out and go okay guys can you play test this for us and they just give this stuff for free for their people to play i totally get it why why you need to do that and you but my issue is it's like well why don't you have people you pay to play actively qc your game you do that in your video games like ah you figured out the trick yeah, I know, I know. And I knew That's this was the, the thing. It, oh, also knew that our role-playing companies, tabletop gaming companies, probably don't have the cash to do that. They don't have the money and to get the number of people that you yeah. would need to... The smaller to- ha- the smaller companies definitely don't. Um, Wizards of the Coast has no fucking excuse. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, like, problem is they know, problem is a company like that with D&D, they, they know that they've got enough a pool to just throw something out there if they really... Hence why we get our, our Arcana every couple of weeks it's yeah. free beta, it's free beta testing well uh, yeah and it usually works out okay for them i mean i understand why and i do respect it i mean people are choosing to do that for them but to but at least their barrier to entry for it is very very minor like yeah. they put it up on a website it's a document go have fun where they're like this is like yeah you have to sign an actual legal document essentially and you have to get, give out information to other people that you have to get permission for. And then they're going to send you something. Yeah. I mean, it's Modifius that's doing that, right? Yes. It's Modifius. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm sure it'll be okay. I'm not saying there's like some weird conspiracy or they're leeching off anyone. I'm just saying that it, it, it wrinkles me a little bit. Um, I wish RPG tabletop companies were, in some respects, not all, like video game industry in that they could hire people specifically to be like, you are an official QC tester for us. This uh, is what the, you do. Well, so, I'm sure they do, but it's at a very low, small scale. That's the problem. It's a small scale and you need to rid it large. The problem to- with the, the, I mean, the difference there is so big though. Yeah. Like a video game, you have test cases. Yeah. And for software in general, you have test cases that can be pretty clearly delineated. For a tabletop game, it's a lot harder to be just like, I guess they would just be like, hey, run 500 combats with these rules, I guess, and just see how it plays out every single time. I don't know. It's just, it's different because a video game, a lot of that stuff's being done on the fly where it's like, there's actually a lot of effort that goes in to putting together a combat scaling balancing and adjusting. no i i yeah. i understand that there's there are some drastic logistical and infrastructural issues with doing it like that but i just part of me feels like i'm not a big fan of like basically the quote-unquote free labor oh yeah i think no one should ever fucking work for free yeah and and the the, the unfortunately the modifius dune thing feels a little bit too much like work well um i mean again it's it's closed alpha man like yep yeah. If you want to talk about stuff that software companies do, closed closed alpha is a real deal. Yeah, uh, no, I get it, I get it, and I understand why. And I'm I'm not even going to touch on that. Uh, there's a couple of other quick things. This was really interesting. So everyone remembers, like a couple months ago, before you know the before times, uh, there was a movie called The Green Knight that was scheduled to come out. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember any time. It, it's literally this. The Green Knight. It's uh, uh, Gowan and the Green Knight. Gowan and the Green Knight. It's I mean, literally a fantasy movie about that, but they just sprung it on us. There's an RPG for mm-hmm. this that's completely tied in with the movie. It's got, it's literally got stills from the movie and as the art for the book. Uh, so this is real interesting. I'll put a link in the show notes. I may look into this a little bit more. Uh, I need to see what system you think. Um, I think, I think it's 5e. Is it 5e? Probably no. It's 5- you, no, I looked at it. It's not 5e. It's doing so. It's got its own system. Interesting. Yeah, it's got well, probably, it's got pregens. Um, they're like archetypes, like noble bard, sorcerer, knight, hunter. But it's definitely not 5e. It uses things like courage, might, intellect, cunning, charm. Well, that's that's worth it for uh, like forensic anthropology in yeah. terms of like RPG systems. Yeah, it's very interesting. I'm going to look into it a little bit more. Talked about Dune. 
Um, and that's the bulk of it. That's everything that's been kind of going on. Obviously, Kickstarters have been kickstarting. Supposedly, they've been doing pretty well. Oh, and I haven't done this for a while. Congratulations to whoever just got your Kickstarter funded. Which is hey. which is interesting because I just backed Tharkold, the source book for Tor- Torg Eternity, which is kind of the demon hell world, Hellraiser world. Interesting. Yes, I backed it. I have the I have the backer PDF now. Um, they used a different uh, crowdfunding game. It's called like game gaming platform or gaming show. Um, it's specifically geared towards tabletop gaming rather than like Kickstarter, which is more generic. Interesting. Yeah, they got. Let's we'll take a look at that. Yeah, uh, they had a got a pretty penny for that, and it's a pretty cool book. So I'm interested to see uh, what they do to revise it, and then actually get to play with it. But with that ado, let's get into the main topic of the week. So this sprang up literally a couple hours ago, but I thought it was a really cool topic because we happen to never talk about it, or at least not directly, which is why is, why are role-playing games, tabletop role-playing games called games? Why do we define them as games? Because in general, when most people think of a game, they think like a board game or sports where there's competition. There's people you compete against, and nominally, there's a victory condition. It's the old, are you winning? Yes. Are you mm-hmm. winning? Yeah, yeah. Linda actually just said that to, to me today. I told her about the topic, and her mom was like, when I first started LARPing, my mom would, when I would come home, my mom would say, you win? did you win? Did you, are you winning? And I'm like, no, because in at least in our experiences, as far as I understand, there's not a set victory condition. Like overarching, like you have won the game. The game is now over because you have just won it. It's not fucking Mario, okay? Right, exactly. <laughs> it's not. Um... Well, I mean, if you think about it, uh, this. Um, I mean, it, it's all about old granddad. Uh, you know, it started with Chainmail that became Dungeons and Dragons, and right. Chainmail was very much a board game. Uh, in that was sort of a war game. It was a war. It was a war game because it 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 dealt with. All kinds of like it, the table was it, but also, and first edition D and D was like only very slightly removed from that, right? Uh, and you know, and D and D has always been uh, about it's always been a tactical. The tactics have always been about D and D, and they are other games are to a lesser or greater extent, you know, the the children of D and D. Correct. Uh, so I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, I think. I think fourth edition D and D probably was like the king daddy of tactical RP, like fantasy yeah. RPG. Like that was well, what we what we would call a role playing a true role playing game that was also heavily tactical. Like because mm-hmm. if you went any farther in the tactics area, it would probably stop being a role playing thing mm-hmm. and be truly a game in the sense like, of yeah, like a like like Warhammer or. Uh, yeah. You know, and that kind of like straight up war games. Yep. Uh, but yeah. I mean, yeah, there was a lot. It, it was basically impossible to play fourth edition without the grid. Right. Or to do it in any way that was like reasonable or fair. Yes. Uh, it's, I would make the, almost the same argument with fifth edition, actually, for the ease of just the sheer ease of placement and understanding spatial awareness. It, it's, I mean, it, it depends on the situation. Like, you know, if, if it's just you and a couple of bandits in an alley, you can theater of the mind that shit. Uh, but like anything with like complexity or, you know, any, anything that has like, you know, where the environment is a big factor yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. At a certain point, you need the grid. Yeah. Um, and so what we're talking about here is like, obviously at the core of this history is that D&D we call it a game because it has its roots or uh, not D&D, but role-playing games. The reason we call them games is because their roots are in more traditional games, which is there is a set victory condition. There's generally competition between individuals or groups. uh, And you progress from there. Uh, Whereas over the years, role-playing sort of games have become more than that, because at least from when we were starting up, especially when we've talked a lot about White Wolf, we've talked a lot about vampires, that vampire isn't, like, at least as part of the rules were concerned, 
you could be a tactical with it, but it was that was not what it was geared towards. Like that was not what it was trying to really get across. It was trying to well, do more narrative. Yes and no. I mean, you especially with like revised in V twenty, <laughs> you can you can uh, be as the boys at uh, twenty five years of Vampire the Masquerade call it, be a cane bro. Uh, you, you can, you know, walk romper stomper and, you know, play, play the game in, in a very combat heavy, you know, that, that style. But, but there's also the other aspect of, um, it depends on what you consider like a capital G game to be mm-hmm. like, if you're just bounding it by tactical combat focused, strategic, uh, strate- strategic things where, where, you know, the manipulation of numbers and, you know, and action economy for lack of a better term. Yeah. Vampire isn't that, especially in fifth edition, it isn't that, but if you think of game in terms of like a political game, like you can absolutely win vampire without ever having to do combat. True. And so like if you, if you depose the prince or, you know, uh, or overthrow the city without ever having to, you know, throw dice or at least dice in a combat sense of the word, then you've won. Like you've achieved a tactical victory. Well, um, I want to go back to like kind of parcel this out is what I said, there's a victory condition. I never said that it would be purely had to be sure. combat tactical. It could be like, I can, there is political. You could, we could play a game of diplomacy, Scott and Ryan. We could. We could. Well, there's diploma- no com- combat so, in any so tradition. I think the thing is, the, at the base level, there's rules. Yes. That's the most important thing. For it to be a game, there has to be rules. And that, and if we're going down to that base level, yeah, like lots of shit's a game. But politics is a game. Oh, just yeah. like, like real life politics. Just like real life politics. And we're all losing. We're all losing all the time. Oh God! Okay, yeah, I can't on. see our faces back. right now, but it's great. It's amazing. Um, Everything's so dumb, 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 dumb. But anyways, yeah, it's it, he, Ryan's correct. There, there are rules. There is a, there's organized play, as it were. Like mm-hmm. there, there's a methodology that you have to approach. I think one. I think one of the. We we ran fate once. Like we just had a, a time where Matt ran yeah. us a game of fate. Yep. And after that, I, someone asked me, "It's like." What do you think? And I'm like, it's barely a game. Like, it's, fate as it is written in that core book you gave me is barely a game. Right. Like, it's the the boundaries are so loose, and yes. what counts is so like, I don't know. It just it could be a weird improv class. Like, it, it's yeah, it is. It, that's. Well, I mean, it's similar with Ten Candles uh, and and those sort of games, misspent youth. Yeah, I, I guess so. I guess I mean honestly though, Ten Candles feels way more hard and fast than than Fate did. Like Actually, Ten Candles I, has some hard boundaries on what you. Um, Fate has a few, but I, I understand what you're saying that the Ten Candles. But here's the thing with Ten Candles: it has an end to it. Like it oh, has yeah. a beginning, middle, and end. Like you are spending. That's it. Whereas Fate is more of a traditional role playing uh, scenario, role playing game because we you could keep playing it um and because of that it's open to any sort of interpretation and expanded like rule set like you can just keep building off of it and keep growing your character in the setting based on the rules where tin candles is like no we have none of that there's no there's no character progression there's nothing there's only generation that's that's all there is (laughs) it's just generation um so i mean that's why we wanted to talk about this is like obviously the roots of we've already discussed, but then there's like the bounding of rules and the idea of there's organized play. Is it a game or is some people? It's definitely not a game. I have definitely met people for whom role-playing is not a game. (laughs) It's real life. It's It's real. Yeah. It's Brazilian rules. (laughs) (laughs) We've, that's another episode we've already talked about, which is don't be that person. About people who don't know how to keep that wall up. Nope. But no, all jokes aside. Yeah. It's actually, I would go the reverse. I have an argument to make that there are some people who treat it too much like a game. Yes. Yeah. I'm one of those people. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, I know. 
Yep. You think I don't fucking know? <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's a, no, I'm not even talking about the concept of power game. I'm talking about the people who are like, this, there's rules, just as you pointed out, and it's very right that you pointed this out. If there's structure, there's organization, there are rules. Rules are there to be used. And so you want to use them to the, the most efficient, like, conceptually uh, way you can in the context of playing. And so you execute them as such. Yes, I like to work efficiently. Unless I'm playing, unless I'm running Star Wars, in which case, yeah. Well, that's because you're <laughs> running Star Wars. You're not playing anymore. You guys are great. The GM seat always gets to go. Rules? Eh. It is what it is. I mean, I dude, hey, I spend an inordinate amount of time making sure that like the machinery is all there if you for whatever you guys want to interact with. No, the- I don't. Hey, I, everyone preps in their own way. Everyone. I don't like shooting from the hip that much because I just don't usually think I'll do it fair on my first instinct. You know what? That's okay. It, it, it like any skill set, it, it takes time, and you have to keep practicing. You just have to keep going and doing it, and then eventually, like that's. Uh, I know this is a little off, a little tangenty, but that's what I did with Advernus. So at the very beginning, I was like, okay, this is how it goes. But then, as I got more comfortable with myself and the player base, and just the general like concept of the adventure, I was like, uh, let's throw some new things in here. Let's let's do it this way. Let's see if it works. And it's been working so far. So I'm happy about that. Well, I mean, we can, we can, we can talk about it in terms of uh, you uh, can extrapolate this into buffer LARP, mm-hmm. uh, which that's a whole, that adds a whole other layer of, of things where you do have the rules, but you also have like athleticism. You have the rules, and then you have the well, that's, rules. That's when it. That's when it. Trans, you start melding the concept of of game and sport. Yes. Yes. Which it does. sports also do have rules, but and they are also games, and even yeah, in all in all the definitions that we sort of laid out, more so than any role playing. But we obviously make choices because I I define role playing as like, do you did you make a choice, and does that choice have consequence? Well, like I mean, dynamic. the er game like yeah. spawns from competition of some form or another. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we are games where you don't necessarily quote unquote win is the newer thing, mm-hmm. which is why yes. it's very confusing to people. <laughs> I, I like that that I can definitely rem- and we all remember like people from back in the day in Vampire and in D anD D who played role playing games, like when they came from board games and other games of like, oh you do this thing to win the game. And then for a long time, a lot of our perspective was, yeah, you don't really win the game in any sort of traditional sense. Are you Usually having if fun? You win the game at a LARPing scenario, no one likes you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's where my comment of being too much of a gamer, like you treating it too much like a game comes in. Cause I've met and I know people who have like, yeah, I'm just here to swing a stick around and get the maximum points that I can and hang out with my buddies. That's all I'm here for. And I'm like, you know, that there that's that is a way to do it. Yep. But I have I, I know people as well who do that. And it's not always super fun to hang out with them at the game. Right. No, it's it, not. Yep. Um, because, because I like to pret- play pretend times. And do <laughs> but I, I seem to remember enjoying that. It was a very long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, phys- physically embodying a character in a, in a in a new and different space that isn't with with, with your fellow human beings that are yeah. also doing the same thing. Yeah, that isn't like the same chair, like in <laughs> the same black box. Oh, the same black oh. box that is the the medium of social interaction that has become yep. our our world. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, yeah, we're bringing it back. Bringing it back. <laughs> we're kind of up our own asses here. A little bit, yeah. Well, no, okay. So, I mean. Uh, bring bringing it back to the idea of you know the social game. Yes, uh, the the game that you play where it's very undefined uh, in terms of rules. Yes, uh, where you can accomplish things without even looking at your character sheet. Yeah, like would um, you call the night in question a game? That is very ooh, that, true. Ooh, that's and, you know, a good I one. Almost wouldn't because it. Yeah, that's more a- improv. That's almost pure improv theater. That's yes, because improv does have rules. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. there are rules to to improv, you know. Well, yeah, but you can always. But here's the thing: there, the rules are so loose, you can almost break them. Like you exactly, can, the, there's there, there's very little codification to the night in question. Yes, it does have them. It does have 
Well, there there are rules, but they're not mechanical rules. Not necessarily not not, no. not as we think. Though, think <laughs> they're about. mechanical they're, suggestions. No, I mean no. There are definite rules. There well, are there are rules that you cannot break, or you will be kicked out of the game. Well, but there's codes of conduct. Yeah, which it's the rules kind of blend with codes of conduct at that yes. point. And that at that like the only quote unquote rules at that point fall under the like at the very lightest touch of I'm a vampire, so this is true. Like mm-hmm. the re the really really, it's the hardest and fastest. It's the actual only thing that I would call like mechanic. A, a mechanic in the game. Everything like, else you have the con game. like that and combat rating. Like yeah yeah, yeah it, it, which is so. But like, even then, even then, someone can always say no. They, yeah, it's they like, probably no, it's shouldn't. Like, yeah, sometimes you know. But I mean, it, but there are instances when they should. Um, but they can always do it because that's the. I mean, yeah, I think that's where the rules is like. The rules in that game exist to curate a very specific experience. Mm-hmm. Um, that and to regulate and to regulate inappropriate yeah. behavior before it happens. Well, it's to it's to to, make, to hedge out people being dicks right and which is why i don't actually call night in question a game usually like i don't refer to it as the, the game or anything like that i'll call it the event yeah, the event yeah the event is yeah probably it's it's a raw thing. it's a very much a raw theater experience because by the end of it the only way of quote-unquote winning that game is did you have a really cool time that was safe did you know it is definitely role-playing yes it is a role-playing experience. It is a role-playing event. Oh, that's a good way to put it. It's a role-playing experience. It's it's that's what it is. Well, if you think about the term live action role-playing, yes, it is not as opposed to tabletop RPG. PG, correct. It is. Yeah, I mean that. There's you even just semantically, you can separate the two. Yes, right. you can. Like but, some LARP, some LARPs are games, some LARPs aren't. And that sliding scale, like there is what we call Joss LARP, where mm-hmm. you don't have a fucking character. You're not a guy. Like you're, yeah, amp, amp guard. Yeah, amp guard. And somebody, I don't understand that. I I mean, I kind of on a base level, but it's like the f- that's that's sport. That's a young man's thing, I guess. That's something that maybe that, the youth that's very like. Scott Sreda. It's much more of a sport because it's it. There is a, a milieu of like, of of make believe to it because typically they're trying to emulate like historical and or quasi historical like or, yeah there's concepts like different plans. Then there yeah. is like an overarching meta narrative, but your much like we are all the slaves of capitalism, you're not really privy to that stuff. Right. <laughs> you know, you're, you're really just the cog in the, in the blood machine that, right. that grinds your nation forward. Well, and, I you mean, also- and you do it because you enjoy throwing pillows around. And you yeah. like, throwing, like throwing, throwing weapons. And those guys are fucking serious business, and I respect it. <laughs> I yeah, don't or like or uh, you could even go as far as like SCA would not be a game. Nope. That, nope. is, that, is, no, that is that is that is a that is a although they are a terrorist organization by by the you know according to the GBI. <laughs> what? I I I don't know if that's true anymore. That, that may be just a joke. a joke. Yeah. Um, well, it, it's because it's because they just house a bunch of fucking weirdos and what do you? And they have like, a lot of like have a lot of historical knowledge about warfare. Because <laughs> yeah, a lot of those uh, guys are huge history buffs, and, and that's why they do it. Yes, and what are you that, ever surprised that, that a government organization declares something completely harmless a terrorist organization? Like, oh man, there's a bunch of really knowledgeable people here that do un- weird things. Oh no, people with a knowledge of history. <laughs> we oh, can't have that. The most dangerous thing to an- yes, it is the most dangerous thing. Um, read your books, kids. Read your books. Yeah, night in question. Very much an experience. Uh, Dagger here and them are very much sports. There is a there is a bit of role play in the sense of the combats can have an effect on the overarching narrative, depending mm-hmm. on who wins, who loses. But there are no mechanics per se, right? Like, um, there are rules in that there are rules of conduct. Right. Um, I'm talking about like a dagger here. Like, is it just one and done? Do you have an no, armor? No, I think they, I think there are actually armor points. I haven't looked at dagger here in a long time. So I, I, I mean, don't remember. I, I know someone personally who plays it. I probably could have just asked, but yeah. But the idea is in 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 sort of the other end of the spectrum, if you want to get down to it, Daggy here is like on the other end of the night in question. It's oh yeah, so much a sport 
to barely be a, in in any sort of sense of a game, but well, competition game because it's yeah. super. It is as competitive yeah. as it gets. as like, you can get. Yeah, yeah. Like our side Thank is literally it is it is one step removed from real real killing each other. Yeah, it's like my side is winning. And, and yeah, my well, side is winning, and therefore we dictate more. certain things. I would say, like, yeah, I mean, it, it's one step away from football. Yeah. And honestly, it just looks cooler. And without yeah. the traumatic brain injury. As far I, as actually, I will say this, and this is perfectly aside. Uh, I actually like watching football. Like, it's not my thing, but I actually don't mind watching football. Um, I know I need to leave the podcast right now. No, it's fine. Matt, I, Matt, I have to go. Um, <laughs> You, know, you couldn't uh, get me to watch baseball for like life dependent on me though. Oh my god, I fall asleep. I watch. I mean, I watch like every once in a while. I would watch some soccer when the when. Oh the, yeah, soccer, I remember. Soccer, I'll watch. Uh, I remember sports. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, so we've we anything else? Yeah, I know. I, we listeners were aware that this is kind of a this is kind of a a heady one, like. Yeah, what is a game? What, what is, is a, a game, game, really? What is a game? <laughs> Obviously, uh, you have different definitions of games, different definitions of role-playing. Again, as I put earlier, it's a spectrum. It's mm-hmm. not – you can't – so why is this thing a thing? Um, I think we call it game, obviously, for just sheer convenience of it because that's well, an easy way to explain. It's inextricably linked to leisure. Correct. That's yeah. It. I'd be interested to know how other languages handle it. Uh, actually, because I they have because of your relationship, different cultures have different relationships to work and leisure. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Well, I would be it, interested to know if they would have different words or descript or better descriptors or for games where hey, you do hey, X. Hey, uh, uh, Ryan, do me a favor before next episode, put a tweet out, and I will retweet that. And I'm pretty sure we'll get some people that can explain that to us what it may be. So something that I was thinking of is if you look at history and you sort of look at it through a specific lens, LARPing has been around for a real goddamn long time, but tabletop role-playing games have not. Correct. Like there have been dice games, but those are mostly uh, um, games of chance games of gambling. Yeah. But like LARPing is a th- has been a thing for a very long time in one form or another. Reenactments, um, reenactments, yeah. like you know that that sort of play. But tabletop RPGs, and there's no reason that it shouldn't have been invented before the seventies. War gaming was around in the eighteen. Yeah, war war gaming, but like you're, yeah, you're right. But, but what we what we would call table what we would what we would conceive of as tabletop. The English, playing games. The English gentry had that shit. They had stuff like it or or something well, like it. Well, I was going to say is we've had we've had role playing, modern role playing for a very long time. It's called storytelling. Yeah, like that's what I'm sitting meant, like, or sitting around the fire and literally somebody tells part of the story and then another person picks up that story and continues to grow it over. Uh, and then everyone sort of the improv. Yes. Ending. Concept. The, the 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 combination of you know collaborative storytelling with you know uh, rules mechanics mm-hmm. like yeah. di- dice based rules mechanics that's that's new that's within the last couple you know since yeah. the seventies oh absolutely but yeah, but you're right elements of role playing of of what we we call, we now call role playing have been around in one form or another like from war gaming to to storytelling to live they wouldn't call it larping but it it, it effectively was is larping. All, well, yeah. And all the way, also gambling, and also like been around using for a million the years. dice dice mechanics from gambling. But uh, like this thing that we do is an, an emergent and new phenomenon. And like, because I, I, I remember reading something about like like all of these pieces have been around. There's no reason that it couldn't have been invented earlier. I think it's just a convenience of the leisure time. And from if you want me to let me give you an armchair analysis of it, it's the seventies. That was the boomer generation. They had more leisure time to start yeah, putting pieces together. Huffing, huffing lead fumes and <laughs> and smoking you know, pot, smoking pot and ignoring. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea is like, yeah, the advent of the middle class and more leisure time allowed for more. Uh, 
people to experiment with all of these types of different yeah, things. Yeah, like the first war game was in the 1800s, for, and it was English Gentry, and it was basically a very advanced version of Battleship. Yes. It did have its own sets of rules and yep. you know, randomization and stuff like that. Yep. And because and, they would be in their big thing is they would pull from history to go, we're going to react this big fight, this yeah. big battle from history and see how it plays out <laughs> with with our new variation. We're owning people, Rich, but we're not sinking boats, Rich. Yeah. Wow, we're a little dark on this episode, no, Paul. No, no, we love that. Every- you want to leave it there? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that does it. <laughs> and click off. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, it, yeah, so we just wanted to muse, wax a little poetic this episode about what a game is, what role-playing is. I mean, we've talked about that, but like, why are all these things sort of merged together and we sort of have the modern version that we obviously we grew up with? Because I like to think of, you know how we had the, the golden age of board gaming? Like we've, mm-hmm. been, we've been through it. I think we're getting into the golden age of role-playing. Yeah, I'm actually interested how Gen Z does it. I'm interested if Gen Z's like way, way into it because, I mean, I know some youths who who like doing this stuff but I, I you know i don't have much opportunity to meet people who are of college age at this point in um, my life. i mean yeah. uh scott knows this we we talked a lot and we even gamed with gina's kids like yeah. they were well, growing we played, up we played board games you played board games, but we also played some role-playing games with them too like or at the yeah. very least we knew that they were role-playing with their friends like they were playing D and D, they were playing Vampire, they were playing well, some of the other. I things. know that the kids are into it because um, there's the thing. So there's such a thing as D and D TikTok. Okay. <laughs> yes. I was about to ask Scott. You're, you 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 look at that. I uh, do. There's the D and D TikTok. Yeah, D and D TikToks are, are are a thing, and I mean I think that's a lot of that comes from Critical Role. Yes, absolutely. Like. I- uh, I mean, whatever I want to say about it, if it brought it to the masses and gets it, the youth, it absolutely it. did. Yep. Like it is what it is, and it's not. It's not. It's not indicative of the majority experience, but it got people. It very much got people interested. It got butts and seats. It did get butts and seats. Um, even though they're seats. having, even though they're having a little bit of controversy right now, as all fandoms do when they get big enough. <laughs> um, I mean, I read the article about their so supposed controversy it's not much of a it's not not a big one it's not comparatively to other controversies it's very minor this person said that they didn't get paid for their work the documentation of them being asked not to do this at all has been apparently pretty clear yeah no yeah oh that okay that was what we're talking about yeah Yeah, it's not it's not a controversy it's someone trying to yeah yeah and then in you know and uh, and then also people looking at it going people reminding them critical role isn't just a a group of friends playing D for everyone they're like a company, like yeah. they're like legit a company. They got over a million dollars on Kickstarter, and uh, yeah, like they they're they're a legit company. They're not just friends fucking around in their basement. They are legit broadcast entertainment and broadcasting company. But they're doing good work because they Where's have brought a lot of people. Game? What? Where's my million dollar tabletop game? <laughs> I don't know. Well, no, no, that wasn't for, that wasn't for the tabletop. That game. was for the animated series. That was for the animated series, which then got immediately picked up by i believe amazon did so it? did they even need the million dollars no what no they did but they weren't they weren't going to be picked up amazon supposedly amazon saw the popularity of the kickstarter ah. and then because supposedly uh i think this is what i read a while back oh don't don't it's not gospel that they farmed out the idea to some companies they all said no so they went to kickstarter to get their money, they got under so much attention and money that Amazon, after the Kickstarter, went, we will front the rest of the money that you need to finish, give you like two seasons okay. and all this extra stuff. I got no issue with that. If they, if, you know, if they exhausted everything else and then all of a sudden Big Daddy Bezos was yes. like, I see yeah it monetize is, you yeah exactly and and supposedly like all the kickstarters are still getting all of their all their back rewards and all the things that they pledged for the kickstarter I they're sure gonna get so. still uh, but it's because like the first season like will which was the guarantee as far as their kickstarter like the backers will get before everyone else that kind of stuff but like second season won't be because that's all basically amazon money and Amazon's handling. That. Have either of you partaken of it, like Critical Role? Have you guys like? I tried. I have, tr- I have tried. There is too many. There's too many players 
for me to keep track of. And there's too much content. <laughs> and there's too much content. Uh, I try, I I gave the fucking like heroes try to start the second season. Like I tried doing the first season and it, it started in media res and there was just no way I was going to get into that. Yep. But I tried to watch the second season from the beginning when it started and I couldn't. Yeah, because they're like four hours a pop and they do not break them up. Yeah, they don't they don't break them up. They're long. They're and there's just too many of them. There's yep. just too many of them. And it's like it, like the first episode that I watched, like I was it was like twenty minutes on like one pair of characters. Yep. And it's like, okay, this is interesting. I'd I'd like to see, you know, it, it, the pacing was off. Like it, it didn't grab me. That's why I can't like I don't usually partake of other people's tabletop because that's been my like that's been my kind of uh, I can go and watch any a lot of other games that I've watched. They're like four people and yeah, I love the living bejesus out I, of it. I like our episodes because they're because you cut them up real good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, mean, I I want 45 30 minute 45 hour long chunks. I want them to be in and out sort of things you can yeah. easily digest. Uh my my opinion is that four is the right number. Yes. For, 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 for recording play. game four is definitely the right number. Uh, there's enough space to, uh, you know, there's enough space to, to spread the love around. Uh, also, well, also, it's good for layouts. Uh, yeah. it's good, it's good. But this is a little off topic. So, so, but we are talking about role playing. So that's for the patron content. Yeah. yeah, But we wanted to talk a little bit, like I said, we're going to close it out here. If you want to hear more about us rambling about this, give us a buck a month, go over to Patreon content. That's great. Uh, so we wanted to talk about like gaming, what a game is, what role playing, how they all sort of mesh together, our thoughts on the history of the whole thing as we've already gone over. And we've achieved the goal. Yes, and if you have. guys have like topic ideas or, you know, specific stuff you guys want us to talk about. Yep. I'm not against doing a little research. Yeah. Games want to review. We are working on that. Uh, we are going to have one soon. We're going to have a sort of an overview of a game coming up. Uh, we are looking we are looking for a couple interviews. We have them. We just have to schedule them. And I'm working on a fun one, yep. too. I'm trying to get us a fun interview. Yep. So uh, we got content. It's just we wanted to be like, hey, we haven't talked about this. And we wanted to talk about it. So from everywhere here at Polyhedron, go where your fun is. Go roll some dice. Wear a mask. Wear a fucking mask. Jesus Christ. Hey, Matthew here. I just wanted to let you know, if you want to get feedback to Polyhedron, you can go to polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com, or you can go to the show's Twitter handle at polyhedroncast. Uh, if you'd really like to help us out, you can go to our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash polyhedron. Uh, give us a buck a month and become one of our bosses and really support the show. And if you're looking to get in touch with us on Twitter, you can find Matthew at BioImportance. You can find Scott at DivisMallCav. And you can find Ryan at Arduous. Do you want to spell it? R-J-U-O-U-S. And finally, just so we can wrap it up here, if you are listening to this on iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere, give us a five-star review. It really helps our exposure. All right. Thanks, guys.